Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Time to Talk. I'm your host, Sean Sennett, and my very special guest this week is Dami Im. I mean, you all know Dami Im from uh, not only her life as a, as a pop star, but Eurovision Song Contest, MasterChef, and she's got a brand new record out at the moment called My Reality, which was three years in the making, and it really is a terrific album. Um, the singles already you may have heard, Lonely Cactus, Crying Underwater, Paper Dragon, and it was a real joy to go around and see Dami and chat about the album. I went to her house and we talked about uh, songwriting process, recording process, Master Chef, her favourite recipe, all those kind of things. And uh, as I said, she's, she's a wonderful musician and singer. And uh, if you enjoy this chat with Dami, please give us a good rating wherever you listen to podcasts and that'll bump us further up the podcast totem pole so more people get to hear about Time to Talk. I'm your host, Sean Sennett. Thanks for joining me as I duck around at Dami M's place for a chat about her new album. Dami, it's so good to see you. Great to see you. It's nice to come to your house to sit here for a chat today. I, I sort of, um, I feel a little bit connected to the record because I came over here maybe a year ago to talk to you about Lonely Cactus. Mm-hmm. And you kind of find your way towards making a record then. And uh, I wondered, it's 10 new songs. You've had a hand in writing them all. Um, how long did it take you to put the songs together? Mm, I suppose the first song that I wrote um, that's on the album was Crying Underwater. So that was in, I think, end of 2019. Yeah, right. Um, so probably altogether it took about three years. Um, yeah, it was sort of like a long process where I just you know yeah did these singles and then I was building up to this album and yeah just like exploring different sounds and then this year when I was like okay this album's gonna happen I, I said okay now we've got to actually shape it into a body of work rather than just lots of little pieces well that's interesting I mean we hear about people like Fleetwood Mac you know, spending three years making a record. And you've just mentioned the magic three years <laughs> working on a project. So is this you kind of lying awake at night for three years collating ideas or or do you do it sporadically over that time? Oh, I was more sort of like, no, not, not, not going, okay, like this album, thinking about this album for three years. It's more like exploring what I want to do. And I took my time with you know, releasing the different tracks like Cry Underwater and, mm. you know, Lonely Cactus, which you wrote a great, mm. you know, um, bio for. And and then it sort of kind of shaped itself, I guess, yeah. rather than me sort of agonising to put it together. Once some of the, you know, songs were there, I was like, okay, this is the direction it's going to go. I've got to write these types of songs to complete mm. it. It's interesting, so I was listening to the new ABBA record this week. I don't know if you've heard the ABBA album. And you, you think, wow, they've really sat down and thought about the arc of an album. Yeah, oh, I need it, to listen it, to that. Yeah, it's not an EP, mm. it's not singles, it's an album. And I felt the same way with your record when I played it the last couple of days. There's an arc where you're telling a story. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sort of wondering about, um, you mentioned certain songs to fill gaps. When you're making a record, you have the singles and then do you sort of think, I need this kind of track for the record to make it feel complete? Yeah, for me, it was more thinking about what would represent me sonically and also in terms of, uh, you know, the themes that I explore um, 
because yeah over the years I got to share different types of music I you know got to do big ballads and you know real motivational songs and mm. so some people sort of expect that from me like real positive and whoa, um yeah. and then there's other people who's heard like super love and fighting for love more like dancey tracks and then there's covers and of older songs and so with the album like i wanted it to be really balanced i wanted it to be telling stories about the things that i was thinking about and um, things that I wanted to talk about. So some of it, like, you know, for example, Pray is more motivational. It's It's got a, you know, religious kind of undertone to it, which is definitely a part of me. But then there's other tracks to sort of mm. say, well, that's not the only kind of music that I want to make. Yeah. It's, it's There's also the light lighter sides and more kind of um, juvenile, really like, you know, just talking about, like petty things mm. and you know just wanted to paint that whole picture of yeah. what I wanted to say it's interesting because even you know looking at the title my reality it really does say on the tin what you get inside <laughs> it's it really is all about it's about you it's about I get the feeling it's your expression your feelings are you writing your first pe person feelings all the way through or do you adopt characters when you're writing I think when I'm writing, it does help when I'm imagining somebody else going through those feelings, even though it it usually starts off with something that I want to say, something that I've experienced, but then sometimes it just doesn't come out because mm. maybe it's too personal and it just feels like I just feel trapped in myself, whereas I start to imagine like Bob, you know, someone, yeah, right. somebody else who, you know, a friend who went through something similar and I imagine how she would have felt and then I started to start to narrate that and it, something else comes out and go, oh, yeah, that's, that's how I was feeling anyway. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, yeah, like I think that's my little trick of getting around, getting outside of my yeah you know, cage of emotions. Yeah, yeah. And I was curious, um, wondering about, in terms of songwriting process, do you tend to write quickly or can things be percolating for a long time in the back of your mind? Mm, it's, it really depends, but I, I love it when something, a song writes re like really quick and you're just like done in a couple of hours and it's like the best feeling. But then other times, other times like, I'd write an idea and then I'd get really excited about it and then I'd next the next day I'd listen to it and be like, oh, I get bored. So then I'd come back to it months and months later and be yeah. like, oh, this was actually quite good. Why did I ditch it? Let's keep working on it. So it's a bit like when you see an old photograph of yourself and you think, I look pretty good in that photo. Yeah. A, a, bit, a bit of distance, you see things differently. Now, yeah. now when you started out, you, I know you went to the conservatorium, but you were doing the, the restaurant uh, thing, mm -hmm. weren't you? Mm -hmm. playing, yep, yep. So were you singing or just playing background music? I, I started off playing uh, the piano at a Chinese restaurant and then I wanted to sing, so I kind of pitched the idea yeah. to our boss yeah. <laughs> the little the little restaurant. And then I got my friend to play the piano so I could sing. Ah. Yeah, so we'd be doing 
like standards jazz yeah and then like older pop songs things like that <laughs> because did you find that um that apprenticeship if you want to call it that plus the the covers you've recorded over the years has that informed your own songwriting in terms of structure and uh how to compose a melody and so forth i th- i think so i i think doing covers or listening to you know the songs that you love the most it sort of I don't know. I feel like it seeps into you, and I I actually listen to songs hoping that it would just get absorbed into my oh, wow. skin. But I I I think it does. But you got to listen to a lot of it. And like sometimes when somebody like you know from my family plays a really what I think is a bad song, yeah. I'm like I can't listen to this because I will it'll contaminate me and I'll start writing like this and I think there's I don't know I think there's something to that but it's, it's very interesting because sometimes you hear a song you think is a bad song or something you don't love but when you've heard it three million times you go yeah I kind of like that now so I, I think oh when do you stop trusting that oh oh yeah that's true like but then I don't know but then you most people, you know, so many songs that people think they like, sometimes we're just used to it, right? Like yeah. <laughs> you just hear it so much and you kind of, you're st- stuck in your head and you start to believe it's a good good song. Yeah. And, I hope that happens with my music. But <laughs> that people get so annoyed they've heard it so much. Yeah, yeah. they think it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like too with ads, isn't it? Sometimes you hear a song in an ad and you then associate it with the product and it kind of spoils the song for oh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, that's, yeah. Something like, wouldn't it be nice by the Beach Boys? You think of Lotto now, you think, oh, I it, know. It wasn't written for that purpose. Chemist Warehouse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what they have, but yeah, <sighs> definitely. Yeah, but I mean, make lots of money. <laughs> well, that's right. I guess it pays to make records because it, it, the thing is, too, I guess, with um, physical albums now, it's harder to sell a bucket of records to pay to make a record. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you, you fund. I know with the video you just made at um, St Andrews, you paid for all that yourself, haven't you? Mm. Mm. So yeah, like now that I'm with a smaller label mm. with ABC, um, and yeah, like it, there's always there's never enough money for your album, really. So you've got to fund a lot of it yourself. Yeah. Which I did, and the video and everything else and I don't know I I I I get uh I'm not somebody who's like who who can just like spend and spend and like get loans to create my art I'm not I'm I'm a bit more practical than that but then you know it it does it does cost cost a lot, but then like Mm. for make something that you're really happy with, you do have to get the right people to do those jobs. And, you know, in the end, like you just got to balance out how much are you happy and willing to lose in terms of money to then. Yeah. Because like once you make an album, it's there for the rest of your life and you got to look at it and you don't want to regret it. And, no. So I don't think I regret this record and what I've spent on it and at the moment anyway. Well, it's a funny thing, isn't it? You know, if um, somebody's setting up a butcher shop or a bakery, nobody quibbles that they're going to fund it themselves. This is what people do. So I'm seeing more and more artists now taking the bull by the horns, doing independent things, then finding a distributor because they want the autonomy to do exactly what they want to do as an artist. And, yeah, and that's, that's and, and, the and thing. For, and I guess that's what I'm 
buying into when I hear your record, my reality. I want to hear your version of things. Mm. Yeah, and that's that's exactly the reason I chose to be with you know this label mm. and fund things myself when I have to because yeah, it's so much more important that I do things. On now, my own terms, yeah. Now, I'm interested too in the collaborators that you decide to use, uh, people like you know Gareth Cato and, I mean, there's a whole list of them that you've sort of went away with. Now, were you writing, I mean, there's, there's one above, there's Andy Mack, there's Constantine uh, Kirstring. Did mm-hmm. you go and meet them and sit in a room? Were you writing over Zoom? How did that work? So a lot of it happened over Zoom. Um, but then actually, yeah, with Garrett, um Kato he's based in Byron Bay so I I just drive there and we did it in person which yeah which is nice obviously but then like other times when we were in in the thick of lockdown I didn't have a choice so Mm. yeah with one above um yeah um some of what, what songs like half of the tracks I think we wrote over zoom which was which was quite nice actually because it helped me to just feel more more in control and yeah. it was like I could do all this work myself and then I could share it on Zoom, see what they think mm. and then I could go away and work on it some more and then, you know, set up another session. So I just felt like there was a little more protection around, you know, me and yeah. what, what I wanted to do. Um, so there's pros and cons. So it was, yeah, it was fun to have. Like both options. And I guess if it's not working out, you can just pretend the screen's frozen and end the session. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or you're just like, yeah, just to say, hey, I just got to go and get something and then I just (laughs) take a break. (laughs) (laughs) And so you write these songs, you've got your 10 songs for the album. Did you have to cull it down from a larger number or was that pretty much the songs you wrote for the record? I definitely had more than 10 songs. Um yeah, there were, you know, more than double the amount of songs, but not, you know, you just know some songs are just not, yeah, not right. And you know, I my some of my fans see what I register on APRA, mm. and then they they're like, where when are we gonna hear this song? I'm like, you will not hear that song because <laughs> not every song an artist writes is good enough to be, you know, out in the public. It's just not yeah. going to happen. Now, are you doing uh, vinyl for this as well? Or just CD? Just the CD at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The, the artwork's beautiful. Who did the photos for you? Uh, photos of a really good um, Brisbane photographer called Glenn Hunt. Right. And, yeah, he. I was. I actually got to work with him for um, a newspaper thing and oh. he was really just really brilliant and had a great eye for it and so I went and did these photos and yeah it worked out so well because oh, he was so good it sure did I mean that the fashion elements obviously been a, a big thing for you too with your music mm-hmm. um what's your relationship with fashion in terms of your music do you seek out designs do they seek you out um bit of both and I think like I've built the relationship over the years so you know like Tony Medicheski, you know, like I've worn his things. Um, so, like, it, it'll be, you know, the 
my I, usually my stylist sort of reaches out like, oh, mm. what if what you know, what can we borrow from you, mm. or what can you make, or um, yeah. But it's yeah, it's great working with different Australian designers and just also finding new ones. You know, it's student mm. designers, up and coming ones, and they sometimes come up with the most you know interesting designs. Like I wore a Brisbane designer called um, Joe, Joe Teo for one of, um, one of the looks on my music video. Mm. And yeah, it's it's like, I think it's like my favourite look. So Wow. Hmm. And d- this sort of um, marriage of fashion and your music, is that something that interested you from being a child? Yeah, I think all the artists that I followed, they were, I always liked female artists and it, I think it's because there was like a visual thing mm. that I aspired to and um, like there were K-pop artists that I loved and, you know, they, the image of the record, the music video was, mm. you know, it's like a package. Like mm. if you if that's good, then you're more likely to enjoy the sounds that come out of it. It's yeah. really interesting, hey? Yeah, yeah. So I... I try to sort of make mine a coherent kind of experience with the visuals and the sound. So what female artists particularly um, did you find interesting when you were a kid that impacted on you in that fashion music thing? Mm, so when K-pop, um, an artist called Boa was a big, yeah. big name for people my age when I was young. Um, I really loved... <laughs> I really loved uh, Mariah Carey. I mean, everyone did. Yeah. And then um, Corrine Bailey Ray, UK artist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember and, her. Yeah, and her album was just like, just the sound and her songwriting. But then the album cover, it, everything just was this like little cute little It was good package. Present. Yeah. And it just, you, I just wanted to hold it, you know. Yeah. and. Not literally, but it's just like this. It, yeah, everything just was perfect, and I think I still get excited when like the album and the art and everything just comes together so nicely, and it just makes sense. Mm. Well, that's what you've done with this record. I mean, when I saw the uh, the images were sent to me, and you hear the music, they sort of marry together so well. And now seeing the the, the finished uh, CD, um, I was curious when you had written the songs. Did the people you write with then go away and co-produce with you to record the tracks or did you have a song then do them all in one hit? Um, every song's different. So Garrett mm. produced the album as well, oh, no, the, the song yeah. Alone. Um, I love the refrain in that, by the way. <laughs> When you, sing the about the, when you sing about, uh, you know, winter, spring, etc. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Ah, yeah. oh, thank you. Really great. That was like, yeah, that was the last part we wrote. Oh, really? I just, that really we jumped out like, at me. Yeah, that song was interesting. We we did the verse and the chorus and then went away, mm-hmm. left it for a few months and then we got back together and I was just like, oh, I, yeah, it's like we just need to, some, it's just got to get better. Like yeah. I, I didn't know what it was and then... And then we were like, okay, that yeah, let's uh, re-record the vocals all over again. And then we're like, maybe it needs to be faster. And, but then I wasn't sure mm. if he was willing to re-record the whole thing. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I was thinking that too. I was like, okay, what about the key? Let's change the key. So we changed the whole thing. And then after we started recording that, we were like, okay, let's work. Let's find out what the bridge is going to be. And wow. it just 
turned into something completely different to how it started. So, oh, it's a beautiful track. Yeah. No, I'm glad you noticed. That's no, one of my favourites <laughs> on the record. Oh. Oh. So, what, what's happening with uh, touring in the age of COVID? Have you got shows planned? Uh, yes. So, I've got some shows in Victoria in December. These are actually the piano solo shows that was going to happen from July onwards that right. got postponed. Right. And I really I really didn't think the December shows were going to happen, but I think they are. So Oh, really? Wow. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah, cuz yeah, now we can fly home and yeah, so Yeah, you'll be home for Christmas. So I'll be doing th- I think three shows in Victoria, um which is exciting and then I'm in I'm going to do a couple more shows for the album My Reality, mm. probably one in Brisbane, one in Sydney, and then and then see how it goes. So for you as an artist now, you've made the record. It it's a seamless album, it's very beautiful. Are you thinking about the next record? Is that already on the horizon for you? Just as a germ of a thought? I'm thinking about the next next uh, song. Not right. so much an album at yeah. the moment, but yeah, I'm thinking what yeah, what's gonna come next? Mm. And that's the hard part because like I'm still, you know, talking about this record yeah. all the time and then at the same time like mm, I have to think about what's going to happen next and I've got to be working on it. So I have been working on it with some people. Nothing solid yeah. but it's like, yeah, we, I just got to figure out where I'm going to go next. So in, in this sort of uh, streaming world, it must be very liberating for you as an artist that you could literally think of a song next week and have it out the following week if you wanted to. That's true. That's true. But then it never happens that way. I don't know. <laughs> no, it takes like, I don't know. Maybe it's like Ken, my manager's yeah. thing. He's like, you've got to have it three months before. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. doesn't talk like that, but it's like. I was going to say, that's pretty, okay. that's pretty cruel for old Ken. <laughs> no, but it's like, oh, it, it takes time to set up a single. That's yeah, like, that's the thing, isn't the okay, setup? Okay, that's true. Like, like you know, when, when an artist writes something, you just want to release it immediately but then yeah. as somebody who has to look at the marketing and the whole rah, 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 it yeah makes sense you, you do need months <laughs> now, now as, a, as a time to talk first um we've never had anybody else ask a question on this show apart from me in 35 episodes <laughs> but as it's just after school and i've got my kids with me they've got a question each really yeah okay so oh. stella do you want to come over and ask a question of dami into the microphone What's your favourite song from the new album? Oh, my favourite song. Um, I think it changes all the time, but I think at the moment my favourite song is Scared to Talk to You, which is a song about um, a friend I had since school and then now we're all grown up and uh, we don't talk as much and I don't it, yeah the song says like should I talk about this or should I just leave it because it's a bit awkward so it's it's very um yeah it's about a friend but I think that's my favorite song thanks for asking <laughs> what was your favorite thing that you made on MasterChef <laughs> did you watch MasterChef ah oh, did you like it who's your favorite um contestant at the moment um. well I'm I'm I've been kicked out, so you don't have to say me. <laughs> I don't know. I like them all. Yeah? 
Uh, my favorite thing that I made. Uh, I liked making the kimchi fried rice because it tasted really good and everybody was like impressed. I was like, yeah, it was like, oh, I'm going to eat more. So, yeah, that's a good question. Thank you. <laughs> Dami, great to see you this afternoon. Thanks so much for the <sighs> chat about the record. Oh, I hope it goes, I'm sure it'll go really well for you. <laughs> and um, I look forward to seeing you on tour. Yeah, thanks, Sean. Thanks, thanks for Dami. Over. Thank you. <laughs>